0: Welcome to Rosé Interview, a podcast where we become slop kebabs and talk about our favorite TV shows. We also, while inebriated, will talk about the representation it brings to TV, or lack thereof. So pour a drink, light a nice candle, set the mood, and let's get real sloppy and talk about TV. After this quick word from our sponsor. Welcome to this week's episode of Rosé and Review. I am really excited about this week's episode. This is part three or hour 100 if you've been listening to these Olympic podcasts that have been going way too long. This week, I am joined by not only Chris, who did the first two, but we have a special guest to talk um, about a very special topic with us, Katie Palmer. So hi, Katie, how are you?
1: Hi, I'm so excited.
0: Yeah, we're so excited to have you. So why don't you just introduce yourself a little bit for the crowd. This is your first time on the podcast so they can get to know you a little bit, and then we'll have Chris say hello, and then we'll get started.
1: Awesome. Hello, my name is Katie Palmer. I use she, her, her pronouns. I have been a big fan of this podcast. I've listened to almost every single episode, except there's a few episodes I haven't listened to because I want to actually watch those TV shows. And so when I get to the TV shows in the next six to 24 months then I will come back and listen but other than that I've listened to every episode
0: I love it I love (laughs) you so much long
1: long time listener first time caller
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm getting all of those vibes and I'm obsessed with it I'm so here for this and then Chris we have Chris again this week hello welcome back
2: hello Mitchell I am just here so I will not be fined so (laughs) thank you for having me and hello Katie (laughs)
0: We are very excited. I think this will be a good one. You know, it's our last last Olympic podcast, but I wanted to start it out. So Katie had messaged us or messaged me while the uh, podcast were coming out and was saying she's really obsessed with women's soccer. And I was like, well, how fun would it be to just kind of have a little segment on women's <clears throat> soccer mainly because I think that like women's soccer is very underrated in the US in general and I think that it should be talked about more. And there was a lot of historic things that happened with soccer, this Olympics. So I think this is kind of like, very representative of what I want this podcast to be so it kind of works all all out together plus I could have Katie on here so win 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 um so why don't you tell us why women's soccer is like your thing like what what like kind of got you into like women's soccer
1: I, I specifically remember it was the 2015 world cup and they won that and it was really exciting and I sat in a bar and like I got more and more invested every time and I made sure like I was always there. And so since 2015, I've become more and more invested and more and more. I I, like, yeah, just invested and I care about them. So I, the 2019 world cup, I watched every single U S game and many of the others. And then this Olympics, I not only watched every single game. I watched most of them live. So I woke up at you know three fifty-five oh, yeah. to watch the four AM games because I cared that much. Commitment,
0: <laughs> commitment. I am here for it. I didn't even get up like that for the swimming. I was like, eh, it's recording. I will watch it later. <laughs> I am here for that. That is, some, that is some hardcore commitment. So do you you know a lot then? Because I, I, I love you and I know you and I know you deep dive. Like when you get into something, you are like there, you're in it. You've read all the books. I'm obsessed with that. So do you know like kind of the history of the soccer in the Olympics or like kind of how it came about? What was the, you know, the whole th- yes. th- feel?
1: An honorable mention to my husband, Jacob, who helped me do a little bit of research. So the Olympics started, or sorry, soccer started in the Olympics. It was in the second Olympiad in 1900. Uh, The first few were apparently super nuts, like various teams withdrew and like, because it was unlegit, blah, blah, blah. So 1908 was the first time it was like an actual legit sport and six teams competed in 1932, it was canceled to focus the attention on the newly created World Cup. And oh. then in 1938, it was reinstated because Germany thought it would make them a lot of money. <laughs> and then it stayed ever since for men. That's entirely the men's history. Right. And then it was uh, introduced as a woman's sport in
0: 1996.
1: Wait a second.
0: 96? Yeah. Wow. That is insane. So... We are all older than how long the, the Olympics have been playing soccer. That is kind of crazy. That's a little yeah. crazy. <clears throat> Especially, so that must have been like Mia Hamm, right? Like yeah. back in 96, who I met one time and got her autograph. She's a lovely person. Yes. This is the <laughs> only claim to women's soccer fame that I have. My my aunt and uncle lived in DC and we went to go see one of the women's DC soccer games. And she like signed autographs after that. And This must have been after she was an Olympic gold medalist because it was like 98 or something. So... That is so crazy.
1: Um, yeah, uh, okay. at this so, point, I don't. I don't think I can meet any of the current players because I think I would fangirl way too much. So I like, totally they better that. not listen to this because then I'll totally blow my spot.
0: I hope they do. I hope like somehow <laughs> some random person is like yo this guy did an olympics podcast you should listen to it and then they're like oh my god this girl loves women's soccer like we should just send her a package of like all this stuff like how cool would that be we'll see what we can do we'll see how many listeners we get on this one Right.
1: but just in terms of the u.s women's history in soccer Mm -hmm. at the olympics they won in 1996 and that was with judy foudy and mia Hamm. Mm -hmm. and then i i my research isn't perfect. I'm not sure if um Brandi Chastain was at that oh, Olympic right. Olympics, yes. but the the picture we all remember of her like lifting up her jersey that's from the 1999 World Cup.
0: Okay. Um, so okay. it wasn't
1: the Olympics; it was the okay. World okay. Cup. But yeah, the U.S. has competed at the Olympics in soccer ever since it was reinstated. They've won gold four times out of the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Out of the seven times U.S. <laughs> Uh, seven times soccer has been played by women the u.s has won gold four of those times
0: that's pretty amazing and we still medaled this time right so we still got the bronze so even still even if we're not getting the gold we've medaled i'm sure in a few of the other ones so that is that's kind of phenomenal i mean again like i said it kind of goes to your point i got a little bit more interested in women's soccer for the 2019 world cup when it was so huge and like clearly the men's world cup team was not great didn't go very far, but the women went all the way. And it was like, oh my gosh. And then there was all that, like they're getting paid way less than the men. And there was all of this and it was like, but they're doing way better. What is happening here? So that's when I was kind of really getting involved with it because I was like, oh, this is super unfair. And they're doing a lot of great shit. So that's super amazing. And now, so you watched the entire us team this time around so how were the games were some of them really exciting Were some of them like like this is my thing with soccer because sometimes you can have a game where it's zero zero and it's like that is 90 minutes of rough stuff that's a that's a long time for no one to have scored a goal in my opinion (laughs) so soccer is hit or miss with me
1: yeah totally fair so the expectations were massive on the us women this year they were massive the U.S. women had won gold in 2008 and 2012, and then we won the World Cup in 2015 and 2019. And we lost to Sweden in 2016 in the quarterfinals and got kicked out of the Olympics then. And that's important for my next piece of information. But so the expectations were so high Mm -hmm. and and this team has been together like these women have been together for well over a decade at this point so like they're all like in their prime maybe a little past this is towards the end of like this team's moment so like Mm -hmm. can they go all the way? Right. And the first game was against Sweden who Mm -hmm. like had something to prove from the last Olympics and we had something to prove to them. We lost 3-0. It was the first time – we had a 44-game winning streak in international competition. We, like, hadn't had goals scored on us in so long. It was – Awful and no one really knew what to happen what was going on and yeah. they rallied and they played New Zealand and they won 6 1, which was really awesome. And then they played Australia and it was a draw 0 0, which was a really boring game. That was the one where it was like do not watch. <laughs> yes. So boring. And all of that was in group play. And so the draw against Australia was fine because they okay. all advanced to the quarterfinals. Gotcha.
0: Um, and
1: then they played the quarterfinals and we beat Netherlands and that was super exciting. It was 2-2 and we won and then there was an extra 30 minutes of time. And -hmm. then we won 4-2 on penalty kicks. And that was the first time it was like, the US is back. Like this is us, do not count us out, we are champions. And then we went back, we played Canada and we lost 1-0 and we just like we just didn't have our spirit and our joy and our heart like they just didn't click it really really didn't click so that was really disappointing luckily they just rocked it in the bronze medal match against australia harley lloyd who is all but retired scored two goals and megan rapino scored two goals including from a corner kick Wow. Literally, it touched not a human between <laughs> her kicking it in and it going in the goal. Wow. Which just like, she's here to play. I mean, so it was great when like, they finally showed up there at like the very, very end. There were moments of it, but it just, people were shocked that the US women just didn't show up the way they were expected.
0: And you know, and I wonder if that a lot of that has to do with what has been happening, right? And COVID and being in the US, I mean, it's been a very tumultuous year this past year in the U.S. I mean, if not also the world, but the U.S. especially has had a lot going on, you know, the election and Black Lives Matter movement and everything just kind of like really, you know, I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but you can always assume that there's some sort of mental aspect to this, right? Like you want to be there in the Olympics, but you also have all this stuff back in the back of your mind.
1: And you don't have your support team, right? None Mm -hmm. of these athletes had their friends and their family like with them. They didn't feel the cheering. And then what was the other thing I was going to say to that? Like, again, because our team is older, an Mm -hmm. extra year made a massive difference to us. Arthur Lloyd turned 39 as the Olympics were starting. Wow. That is cool yeah. Yeah. That
0: yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. And you're, I think the point that you just said too, also that I think with soccer and, and maybe basketball and volleyball, like those are sports where the cheers kind of really invigorate you. And when you don't yeah. have that, that is a he, key component missing. I mean, obviously we didn't want anybody there, right? That is, that is no one here is saying we should have had people in the crowd. No, no, no that's not what we're saying. But that is an element that is missing and can create that kind of like lost fire. A little bit right if that makes yeah.
1: sense the um, other thing is the u.s women have a brand new coach this was his wow. first international like competition with the team and so that there was a little bit of calling for his head but i think he's gonna be able to stick it out for a little bit longer and right it's kind of not fair on him he inherited this team with all of this expectation <laughs> so i i I, I was calling for his head for ver- in various moments, but yeah. now I think give him a few more years, let him truly develop his team his way. Right. We'll what he can really do. But right. You- like
0: that's very much a double-edged sword. Like, like, you know, really, your your first thing's gonna be Olympics. Wow. Wow, what a choice. You probably didn't have that choice, right? Like that wasn't involved in it. But at the same time, it's a that's a lot of pressure too to like put on this new person is like, don't fuck it up. Yeah. <laughs> wow well that's pretty amazing so what are your takeaways from this this olympics and and kind of the women's soccer but also if you want to branch out into more just general you know i mean chris and i are about to dive into more general kind of stuff after this as well so
1: one quick thing is just the the, there's a massive difference between how important the olympics are to the international soccer game for women versus men so the men's team they don't even have players over the age of 23 with the exception of like you you get like up to three older than 23. like the the olympics does not matter but for women because it is so much less funded and so much under the radar right it's just not held to the same esteem as men, yeah. the Olympics is, they have their World Cup, but the Olympics is like the one other time people might pay attention to
0: that. Exactly, so yeah. it is
1: a big deal. And then- I uh, didn't realize
0: that about the yeah. age thing. Sorry, that is just kind of throwing me for a loop there. I didn't realize that the men age out after <clears throat> after a certain point. That is kind of crazy.
2: I think it's like similar to how basketball used to be amateur only and then the NBA started sending players and then basketball suddenly become became a big deal to- the Americans. So it sounds like a similar deal where it's more of a youth tournament on the men's side.
0: Yeah. How old was David Beckham when he stopped competing? He must have been around 23 or just like maybe he was one of those older players that they get thrown in there. <clears throat> anyway, continue. Sorry, Sue.
1: Oh, no. Just one takeaway is just the, the U.S. did have an incredibly tough road to the gold medal. Out of our group stage, three the three teams that made it out of our group stage were all in the semifinals and then we lost our semi final to the ultimate winner. So like we were world class, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's always nice to lose to the people who win ultimately. Yeah.
0: That's um, very real.
1: And the last and, and, one... oh. sorry,
0: I'm so I just had another question. So do, are the group standings based on their world rankings? So it was like group A like okay, this is the top tier, group B is like The second tier, or no?
1: It's split up (laughs) like that. So it's like the top, so there's three groups and they each have a top-seeded team and then a second top-seeded team and a third top-seeded team Uh, and a fourth-seeded team. I see, okay, okay. So they're tiered within. So in theory, if everything works mathematically, the first, the the teams that were seeded the top would make their way out of the group stage. But we play because that doesn't always happen.
0: That makes sense. Okay. That's what I was wondering about that. Cause I was like, you know, if you make it really top heavy for that group one, like the other groups (laughs) have no chance. (laughs)
1: Yeah. And then I will also just say that I definitely see this. Well, okay. Two things. One, I am more in love with my girls than ever, even though they as a team didn't totally gel because I am now so good at watching them, right? Like in a quick blurry freeze frame. I can identify who they are. And so I'm, I was having these great moments of like individually watching them right on my computer. I could pause when I needed to like my investment in them is still so high. You can't win every game. You can't win every tournament. Like it doesn't work that way. And then my last takeaway is just, I think this is an amazing step for the next stage of women's international competition in in soccer. It, It shows that like the US will always be world class, but it shows that so many countries are developing so much talent and really investing in this <laughs> that the the status will always continue, right? And like we will always think of Spain as an incredibly dominant soccer uh, yes. country, but they don't always win. They don't win most of the time because yeah. the competition is so incredible. So right. I think women's international soccer is just taking a major leap forward in, in it, what it's doing. So watch it. It's incredible, the yes. women are amazing. Yes. Um, they're such amazing athletes. Mm-hmm. I mean, between the heat and the humidity and the chaos of the weather conditions, yes. they played seven games in like 16 days.
0: Mm-hmm. In like um, 100 it, degree heat.
1: Yeah, they insane. played six matches in 16 days multiple teams went to 106, 120 minutes plus penalty kicks. Like these people are world-class athletes. Um, And it's
0: because it's 120 minutes of nonstop moving. Like, like, you know, my comment about if there's no goals, it's not very exciting. That's for me, but like, it's not like they're not doing anything. They are constantly running back and forth and jumping and doing like soccer is one of the most intense moving sports. I think across the board. So that is that is very true. And I, I agree. Go watch it because we need to support our women out there because they are not getting their the the media coverage they deserve, the money they they deserve. They're not getting anything. I mean, they are kicking butt out there and and it it's it's sad to see they're not being recognized for the true talent that they have. So. Yeah,
1: here, here, And even if they don't kick butt every single time, that does not mean they are not world-class Agreed. athletes at the absolute top of their field and should be treated that way. When men or NBA players, or I, there was one statistic, this is the worst story ever, there was one statistic of an Olympic athlete who they were like world-class top of her field for the last 20 years. She made like $2.8 million in her career. And I was like, that doesn't even get you one year in the NBA, no. right? Like one year <laughs> to warm a bench in the NBA.
0: To warm then- a bench. I just want to reiterate one year to warm a bench, <laughs> not even playing in the NBA. Yeah.
1: And just right, the way we value different sports and and athletes and such. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's a little crazy. It's a little crazy. And I think that that's definitely going to be, you know, something Chris and I will we'll touch on later. I have a couple comments about the Olympics and what it does to me internally and like how I get frustrated with like this like world love for two weeks and then like everyone disappears and it's like okay we're back to I hate you for this and I hate you for that and blah blah I don't care so yes but um that's amazing. Thank you so much. Did you have anything else you want to talk about?
1: No, just on that topic, Jake and I were just talking about like, is the Olympics athlete versus athlete or nation versus nation, right? Like are these proxy wars that are being fought on a volleyball or a handball court? Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, so some uh, food for thought, because it's both, right? The answer is both. The answer is yes. And and the more national you nationalist you get, the scarier. It becomes, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, well, I, yes, I'm going to bounce, especially because, well, I have so many more thoughts, but you have the rest of the podcast to record, (laughs) Uh, but yeah, I'm going to bounce because even though I'm a theater person, the opening and closing ceremonies are the thing I do not care about the most. I do not watch them. I do not care. Give me the competition. Give me the athletes, give me the people who have like worked their entire lives for these moments. I want that, not to say that the people who make the opening closing ceremonies aren't working their entire lives for it, but but, um, I agree with you.
0: Yes, totally. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being on here. This was lovely and definitely food for thought. That last question hit me right in the chest. So I'm going to be chewing that up for the rest of this podcast, but thank you so much for joining us. Love, we love you. And Mm -hmm. I can't wait to get you on here again for a TV show.
1: Well, this is all I watch. So next we're time we're gonna
0: figure it out. We're gonna figure it out. Imagine Six another, months it is. All right. right? <laughs> if I have to do the World Cup, whenever that happens, we're gonna do it. <laughs> Excellent. All, all right. right.
1: Love you both so much. Have a great night.
0: Bye, sweetie. Bye, Katie. Wow, that was that's just amazing. Like, and that that last question really fucked me up. I'm not gonna lie. About that. Like, Ugh. is it athlete versus athlete or country versus country? And it, the answer is is both. But it really, so, I mean, (laughs) just to give a little story, last Saturday, I was at this gay bar. For those listening, I was at this gay festival and basically it was like a gay sports bar, which like is so my home. I'm like, oh, I feel very at home here. And they were playing Olympics everywhere else. So it was like, you know, but it was interesting because like, I just like watching the Olympics to watch the Olympics. I mean, like, yes, I'll keep track of the U.S. And like, if there's certain U.S. athletes that I'm like really excited about, I want to, I want them to win. But i'm not necessarily like you know fuck other countries and there were definitely some people there in that bar that were like you know other countries would get up like it was diving so they'd be like oh boo and i'm like why are we booing them like this athletes at the olympics and we're sitting here wasted we're not doing this like what are y'all doing here uh,
2: it feels like when that comes up it's like you're missing the whole point of this like the whole point of this is like to watch people who are good at something do something really well and be jealous of that and not like to hate on each other like come on guys
0: i also don't give a fuck about those other countries like i'm glad for you glad you made it like yes please you know i mean i don't care like i'm not mad that they're there i guess like not that i don't give a fuck let me rephrase that i have no anger towards another country being there specifically you know and i'm not like oh well those countries you know what i mean you understand no. what I'm saying? now you you heard it here first everybody mitchell doesn't care about anybody else this is <laughs> I mean check my Instagram it is I, <laughs> I got called out I was like I was having a discussion with some friends and they're like you know like who like they were like going through someone else's Instagram feed and they're like oh, there's a lot of like other different friend groups and whatever and I had to go through my Instagram feed to be like do I post only like certain friends and I was like no I just post about myself because I am narcissistic so here we are <laughs> Isn't that the point of Instagram though? That's what so. I thought it was like, hello, most, of, almost all of my photos are selfies because I'm beautiful. True. So I am very excited. This is our last one. I, you know, I'm also like low-key jealous because pretty sure your all of your predictions were right. But for the audience, the rest of the time now is going to kind of be talked about. We're going to talk about some of the big moments from this last week of the Olympics go over metal count and whose predictions were right. Spoiler alert, not mine. And then I think we'll take a break or maybe we'll take a couple of breaks in between all that. But then the last thing we'll talk about is the closing ceremony, because I do have a lot of thoughts, even though I definitely fast forwarded through 90% of it. But since you re- sent me that Reddit article, I'm like, mm-hmm. I have a lot more thoughts. So I think, you know, we'll get to oh, that. Yeah. Be the, with our closing on this podcast will be on the closing ceremony. How, how just, you know, <laughs> right can we get any more meta than that but let's start with some highlights from this past week so what was like one of your maybe your top two kind of highlights from this past week I know that like track and field is definitely a little bit more your thing so you were a little bit more invested where I was kind of loosey-goosey watching and was like oh that's nice you know I wasn't super like yeah you know so we're a little bit different vibes
2: (laughs) yeah I think there are a bunch of there were a bunch of fun things that happened on the track I think the Top moment that I had for the last week, and I think the top moment for the entire Olympics for me is this uh, men's high jump story. Right. It's it's overplayed and like everybody knows about it by now. Right. But for those who don't, Gianmarco <laughs> Tamberi from Italy and Mutaz Essa Barsham from from Qatar shared the high jump gold, which is crazy on a number of different levels. Mm-hmm. One, you can share the gold. That's pretty cool. Right, um, nice news to me. Two, Tamberi in the lead up to Rio broke his leg. So he couldn't compete in 2016. So this was his like coming back to the Olympics to like kick ass again. Oh, and uh, if, if you watched him do it after they celebrated the fact that they were, you know, co Olympic champions, he broke out his cast for that he wore in 2016 as like, as like a show that, you know, he's back, ah, which is really cool. I love and, that. Uh, the third is that the, the champions themselves, Tamberi and uh, Barsham are actually really good friends. So Aww. when, when Tamberi did break his leg, one of the people who would train with him and like, you know, would keep, you know, motivating him to keep going was Barsham. So like the fact that these two are co-champions, but they're also really good friends about being co-champions was really cool to see. And like, with the fact that like the medals ceremonies now, where you know, you, you put your own medal around your neck when they were able to meddle each other on the top of the podium is just a really cool picturesque kind of moment
0: yeah there's a lot of different layers to that I mean for me you know I, I knew this happened because like you said <clears throat> it was everywhere I mean literally Instagram couldn't have put it more in my feed if they tried they for, like every other swipe was like oh, yeah. two of them hugging and like what is beautiful gorgeous and I think kind of goes to that comment of like you know, this, the Olympics are supposed to bring people together of different backgrounds and nationalities and races and sexualities and all that kind of stuff. So that's the Olympics is, 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 in theory, a way to celebrate us and our differences, but also by bringing us all together with, with the sports. <clears throat> and I think that it was beautiful because they could have gone to a tiebreaker, right? Like that's what could have happened. And they decided, no, we're going to share this together. And I think that is gorgeous. I think mean, that's just a beautiful moment that they, they, both were like, no, why would we both won the gold? Let's fucking, that's great. And in my, I'm glad that you you said that they meddled each other, like they put the medal on the other person, because in my head when they shared the gold, they only got half the medal. So I was <laughs> like, wow, this is very dramatic. Like these people out here doing the most. A couple spares laying around. <laughs> you know yeah. they do. You know that's for real because. Listen, if I was an Olympic athlete and after I'm all done, you know, if it wasn't COVID, I'm sure I'd be out drinking, holding that medal around, and I'm sure I lose it. Like ninety-five percent, I I would lose that. I,
2: I, I will make sure that when you come back from the Olympics and we're celebrating you. I'll keep an eye on
0: it for you. <laughs> Thank you. I also you. had this thought where I was like, should I just start moving to the next summer Olympic city and just live there? Like, I'll live in Paris for the next two years, and then I'll move to LA for four years, and I'll move to wherever. They- <laughs> like, should I just be following the Olympics in my roadie? Like, is this what's happening now? It's not the worst plan. You know, it's probably fun. <laughs> I'm sure it would be find an apartment for two years in Paris. Like, I used to live there anyway. Like, why not? Anyway, as per the usual tangent, but what were, so the other moment, which I, I watched this moment, which I think it's pretty cool that, that you would like to talk about. Which one? The, the one that you have your cursor on. Is that not what you're talking about? The Karsten Warhol yes. story? Yes. Oh boy. Also go tell your story, but then I have a funny comment to like his winning. No, you, you start. I'll. Well, I just thought it was hilarious. He very much was like, I, so he beat the world record. He's yes. the world record holder, right? He's the world he was, record holder. And yes. he beat both the world record and the Olympic record right. Um, in the 400 meter hurdles, which we already talked about. I mean, let's do like full circle. to so the first podcast, yep. hurdles, you know, love them, hear for them, all about them. But my favorite part was when he won, he like tried to Hulk out. <laughs> but his suit was like, like double reinforced to the collar. So yeah. he just like let his titties come out a little oh, bit. Yeah. He was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, it's so and funny. He-
2: you could tell there was like a split second after he did it that it was like, I've made a huge mistake.
0: <laughs> he was like, son of a
2: bitch. This isn't
0: as cool as I think it looks like.
2: <laughs> like it's just, it's just nipple town. Like why, why did I do this?
0: <laughs> All it was, he was just like, yeah, my nipples. And I, Listen, I'm here for it. Everybody loves a good nipple. But like, I was like, that's funny as fuck.
2: Yeah. but yeah. The, the context for this is for the 400 meter hurdles, uh, world re- beat the world record by, Over half a second, which is obnoxious. Yeah. Um, Obnoxious is the better word. It's funny. I I saw, I was, I was looking at the regular 400 and his 400 meter hurdle run would have placed 25th of the 48 semifinalists in just the straight 400. So like this guy was fast. Damn. That is insane. So without the hurdles, he was still like, he was still like (laughs) an average Olympian sprinter. Jesus fucking Christ! Oh my um, god! And the the sad part is the the American Rye Benjamin also beat the world record by half a second, but just a little bit less than Warholm, and so he ended up silvering after doing that, which is just kind of a I real kick in the kicking the nuts of a
0: bitch. I ran so fast, and I
2: still got a silver. I learned that in all of these like world meets, like the Olympics and all of the world championships, the organizers take great pride in for the for the for the athletics events they take great pride in coming up with the fastest track so there was like a story in the for in this olympics where like this this track is like it absorbs steps and it like reflects them back so like it's it's this is legitimately the fastest track in the world played out in like this race so like the the others in this and the 40 meter hurdles they're like four different country records that were broken in just this one finals like what it's nuts um, so th- I, I think this is like legitimately one of the greatest like races that has ever been run it, it was
0: absolutely ridiculous that is so great and you know what's so funny i think that goes back to what we talked about maybe the last olympics again they're both kind of learned together but like at some point the human capacity right reaches its limit like we're no longer going to be beating ourselves so now it seems to be like okay not only have they reached human capacity but now we're going to extend like we're going to increase the like technology within the the actual physical track so the physical track is changing to increase the fastness of these humans like that is insane to me where will the madness end (laughs) i don't think it ever will no, but really won't. And like Paris looked lit as shit. I'm not going to lie. If we can try to get to Paris, I'm all a fucking about that. I mean, I thought it was going to be a madhouse, but I, I was here for it. It looks super cool. And it looks like they're going to have skateboarding, which is interesting. So again, we'll talk about that when we get to the closing ceremony. But anyway. That,
2: that video was quite, like that, that pumped me up in, oh. in, the, in the middle of a closing
0: ceremony that right? definitely did not. Uh... <laughs> in the middle of a closing ceremony that I fell asleep for that pumped me the fuck up and so your the, your third bullet here though is something that i think so one of my friend's mom sent me this photo because this elaine thompson Hera is the one is she one of the ones who went one two three in the like right jamaica took one two three in in a certain event where they've won gold bronze and gold silver and bronze and my friend's mom had texted me and she was like jamaica because she's from jamaica so but i think she was also like knew i was doing the podcast on the olympics so <laughs> yeah no she was uh, i think she was the gold she was the gold Um, right okay but it was like it was the 100 meter or something where they took one two three yes yes the 100 this year
2: yeah
0: yeah well so that's why i was like after it was after our podcast came out and she sent me that photo and i was like damn Mm. should i have predicted that jamaica would have been higher in the medal standing but i think that was like kind of as far as they got like in terms of (laughs) of big moments yeah like per capita they do really really well like
2: it's like the fifth most medals per capita in the world is jamaica because of uh, the athletics it's nuts but now i think to like your to to, it's like that point it really felt like there's usually like a big hubbub around like the fastest man or the fastest woman in the world i felt a lot more juice behind the women's competitions on the track this year It was kind of fun, you know. Yeah. So yeah, she she repeated on the 100 meter and the 200 meter. So like she's just the best, (laughs) and I she's likely gonna threepeat barring any catastrophic whatever in in Paris. Like she is just
0: nuts. Yeah, I I mean, uh, I think also like you said, the women's the women's running was crazy because now I'm I'm getting a browned out memory from last week (laughs) where we were watching the women's. I want to say 400 meter relay, but like, let me not, you know, let me not say it was the 400 meter relay, mm-hmm. but whatever the relay they had last Saturday where the U S were fucking just a mile ahead. I mean, like we were so far ahead that it was insane. Like everybody was like, Oh my God, look at how fast, like they were just like, it, it just like, I mean, again, I was drunk, so it could have been that everything was blurry, but like it seemed like these women were just blurs just fucking speeding road, running down the fucking track. It was insane. It was the four by four hundred and it was I like knew
2: it. Oh, way ahead. Gosh. Like
0: it was they beat, insane.
2: They won by let me find it. I want to say
0: like four seconds. Second. Four, four second? seconds. Four seconds. It was like
2: it was like a they, they had almost like a
0: half the track in front behind them. It was nuts. Um, one world was almost lapping the other one. Like it got to a point where we the US almost lapped. Mm-hmm. No, that couldn't happen. I I, I think matter. they they might've gotten like halfway around. Like I, I think there was a moment where the U S had like gotten so far that they were like almost to the point where the handoff happened. Right. Like they had almost like they had gotten to the next handoff and the other teams weren't even there yet. Like it was surprised me. Yeah, yeah. Was there, there was there was just
2: so much more juice behind the uh, the women's events this year. It's like the Allison Phoenix story is really cool. Yes, she is the most decorated uh, runner in olymp in American Olympic history, overtaking Carl Lewis,
0: which is really cool. That's huge. And I think she's the most decorated Olympian, or ju- is it just track? I feel that there's some swimmers in there that. <laughs> yeah, well, Michael Phelps is probably up there, but I did not think yeah. I think he had less than eleven. But I don't really know. I honestly didn't do any research for it, so we don't have to. Figure it out doesn't matter
2: but she, she's um, definitely the most
0: decorated track olympian which is which really is cool huge how old is she she is 11th medal wow i mean I not know. that it matters but it's just like you know how many medals to get to 11 like how many olympics have you been in because 35 she was okay.
2: 35 participating in a 4x400 and
0: kicking butt wow Damn. good for her yeah that is huge yeah that was a big moment that was another big moment I love that. What else from the last week? What else? Ta-ta, ta-ta. I mean, a lot of American success on the
2: track, as per usual. <laughs> Sydney McLaughlin lot of Muhammad in the 400-meter hurdles, like the the women's version of that Carson Warhol mess. Yeah. They, they gold silvered <laughs> on the on the women's side, which is really cool. Let's see what we got here. Oh, Jasmine Camacho Quinn for Puerto Rico. Yes. Second ever gold for the country in the 100-meter yes. hurdles. Look at the
0: hurdles coming through. See, what? I'm a witch. I predict
2: this shit. <laughs> of, I, I, as you can imagine, there was drama for the fact that she runs for Puerto Rico, but she's American and... On and on and on.
0: I, again, goes to like, we want people of color, people who are diverse when we want them, and then we don't when, when you know, it doesn't suit us. I fucking hate being American. And uh, the last thing I'll throw in
2: here is Mondo Duplantis, because that's the that's a name right there. I mean, um, for real. Mondo Duplantis in the men's pole vault. If you see, if, so he owns the world record at like 19 and a half feet in the mm-hmm. air. And he was he went for beating his world record again. As you, As you do. He clears it. <laughs> on life by like a foot but at the very last minute like it the bar brushes against his chest and he oh. isn't able to complete it like if he didn't have nipples he would have he would have taken
0: this down Nipples right fucking nipples will get you every time and I'm sure they're hard because it's you know they're when you run earns to stuff like that that's what happens right I'm and, not a runner I don't know
2: I think we can take credit. For Mondo Duplantis because he is technically
0: from Louisiana, so I'm just going to chalk this one up to another <laughs> American victory. I also want to talk about Italy. Weirdly enough, fucking doing some crazy they, shit in the because they they didn't they like they got five gold medals or something like that. Crazy, they got some sort of like insane track and field moment that they weren't expecting, mm. and like they made a comment during the closing ceremony. <laughs> It's not funny. Oh no! But, like they were like showing like you know one of the like top five moments from the Olympics and like one of it was Italy dominating in track or whatever. Mm. And one of the commentators' <laughs> comment was "Mamma Mia," and I was like, wow. "Oh my god!" Just,
2: like, I mean, did you see the the story about how the South Cor- during the opening ceremony there was the South <laughs> Korean broadcaster who used pictures of Genghis Khan and, and, and like during the during the the parade of nations there was Genghis Khan for Mongolia and like a picture of pizza for italy and like that all of this other nonsense
0: crazy they got they got into a little bit of heat on that but i believe um that. we, just never, kind of we funny. just never learned we just never learned we never learned though i mean it, it's funny in a terrible way like it's funny in a like when someone falls on the stairs and really hurts themselves and it's awkward and you don't know what to do you've already called nine one one. So like what else are you gonna do but giggle you know what i mean mitchell you might you, you might be heartless i don't know oh a hundred percent i don't like know. that is for that is for real <laughs> But it's still kind of funny, you know? I mean, they didn't they didn't die, so we're fine. I'm disappointed in you. That's fair. Me too. <laughs> Almost every day. Anything else from this last week that you wanted to comment on? No, I think a lot of cool country, country stuff.
2: Yes. So sport climbing was a, a new addition yes. this year. And yeah. it was funny. It, I, I, I I learned about this on the fly, kind of like as we were all watching it. But like we yeah. combine three different types of sport climbing together into yeah, like one event, it. which is like probably not the way to do it but it's the way that you can get it on the olympics so they yeah. do it that way but i saw a clip of the bouldering competition for uh, the men's bouldering competition i believe mm-hmm. uh, where they have like a you know the wall set up and there's like a bunch of different handholds and like you, you gotta like kind of figure out your way up yeah and at the beginning i guess there's a period of time where you get to examine the wall and like fi- uh, plot your path but every like all of the like eight competitors like in that heap were like chatting with each other and trying to brainstorm ways to get up this damn wall. Like everybody was like on the same team trying oh, to trying get up. I funny. thought that was like a really cool, like really silly kind of moment. Yeah. About how we're all just trying to we're trying to get up that wall. You
0: know, We're just trying to get through this life together. That's really, that is very poignant. The only thing that I noticed from this past, without well, the only thing, I mean a very few things, but one of the things was, that I thought was cool was the brother and sister from Japan winning the judo competition. Mm, they both yes. made gold medals. So that was kind of interesting, you know? Mm-hmm. And then the trans ath- athlete Quinn from the Canadian team, yes. they got the gold now, which is phenomenal. And I think huge. And I think hopefully in Paris we'll be less transphobic and non-binary phobic. I mean, it'll be interesting for the non- non-binary part how that will come into play you know because the olympics are so binary with men versus women Mm -hmm. but i do think that this is a huge step forward so let's hope that that continues yeah also
2: to that point real quick but i'm sorry to interrupt but no you're good um another fun thing in the in this olympic specifically is that there were a a lot more mixed events so like mixed relays mixed triathlon was a really fun thing mixed mixed relays in both the pool and on the track i think there's like there's like a lot of like I guess trying to make this a little more inclusive, maybe in some way. Right. But yeah, to your point, this is—it's going to be interesting to see how developments like Quinn is going to put like uh, all of these like notions to the test, right? Absolutely. Also, when Quinn came out as non-binary, they you know took the name Quinn which is the most which is the badass thing that you can do as a soccer player is to come up with uh, with your own single name so i really appreciated that that is some share print
0: shit madonna that i'm here for yeah so i mean i think that there was a lot of really great things for this last week i also want to talk about you sent me this article of the kind of the highs and lows of highs lows and burritos the guardian standout tokyo olympic moments and there was one moment where it was oh this one toughest thing to watch and i don't know who submitted this barney ronay i don't know who that is but they submitted this and the toughest thing to watch was the modern pentathlon horse saint boy being slapped by a german coach over a fence while he's weeping while his weeping rider frantically whipped his flanks not an elevating moment for the human race otherwise quite a few athletes struggling with the strain of a horrible year in a glare of competition like i was like what the fuck first of all so the first time i read this i was like the coach slapped the athlete like what the absolute fuck on tv it's 2021 like this is the 1950s fine but this is
2: 2021 and then, and then you reread it and i was like oh man this is just as fucked up as that <laughs>
0: right because so he slapped the horse and then Ugh. the horse like whipped him around i guess like i'm not entirely sure uh... did you see it
2: I did not see it, no, okay. but I, I I think we chatted about modern pentathlon last mm-hmm. week, last last we episode. We did. That's why I was like, oh,
0: this is very on on brand with our <laughs> thirteen hundred hour podcast. So
2: I, I read into it a little bit, and like I like I mentioned last time in modern pentathlon, it's like track events, shooting, and horse eventing. So like jumping mm-hmm. around on a horse. I'm sure it's more than that. I'm sorry, equestrian fans, but <laughs> so the, you, you're you're supposed to be able to like be proficient in all five of these things. The Downside is, or not downside, but like one of the quirks of the sport is that in a modern pentathlon competition, you are randomly drawn your horse 20 minutes before the event. So, my understanding is, after reading into this, this this particular horse also had trouble in the men's version of the modern pentathlon, like being a little fussy. Yeah. So they, they they just kind of, it sounded like the German competitor who I f- name I forget just kind of like was melting down because they couldn't because they couldn't bond with the horse in 20 in the 20 minute time frame to you know get this horse jumping the right way after already knowing that this horse was a trouble was like a troublesome horse this this is just like a bad look for so many different people but it's just
0: nonsense yeah and just germany like you know listen we don't have to talk about it but y'all still have a lot to make up for much like the u.s so we really don't need to be out here fucking treating our athletes like shit okay like come on now Uh, it's
2: it's yeah it's that's a tough one
0: yeah also the other ones that were like tough in this article were a little bit like how do i write this um a little privilegey like one of them was like you know like beach volleyball was the toughest because it was so hot i couldn't even open my laptop to write okay but let's talk about how it's so hot that your laptop is like melting and yet so what does that mean for the humans that are on the sand where the sun is reflecting on them like what the fuck (laughs) and it's journos being journos you know i mean god bless them i guess but like you know i mean i'm not out here writing this shit and a lot of them were like in quarantine jail i guess which is like i didn't realize that like a lot of the journalists couldn't even really watch they were like watching it on tv from the hotel which is fascinating. But I thought this was a pretty cool article. If, if, if I can, I'll put it in my link somewhere. Yeah. Because I think it's, it's definitely, it definitely opened my eyes to certain things that I was like, well, I didn't even watch that. So like, that's right. interesting to watch. But I mean, a lot of them did comment, the toughest thing was just how hard it was for them as athletes for how hot it was. Like, I don't think that like, it, you know, they were prepared for the extreme heat that we saw in tokyo and let's hope that in paris you know i mean it's a little further north so let's hope that they're not as hot you know when we go over to paris in two years or two and a half years mm-hmm. so that will be interesting or three years Two and a, half. Two and a half. Three. Three. 2024 three. three okay yeah i mean it's, um, it's
2: confusing because the winter olympics are in six months so.
0: right and that's always fucking me up And i know that winter to summer is always two so i'm like wait what's happening right now. Right. So those were some pretty pretty great moments from this past week. You know, I'll be honest with this audience here on this podcast. I didn't watch a whole lot of Olympics this past week. Track and field is not really my thing. I do love the hurdles. I think that was really great. But I also was like planning to like go on this trip or whatever. And then I went on this trip and I was there. So I watched them drunk. I watched, listen, I got to watch Tom Daly dive again in a gay bar. And I want to tell everyone I promise you, I get watching sports with other people. Like the hype, you feed off Man. everyone else's energy. And in this gay bar, every time Tom Daly got up on that board, we were like, what? Like Everybody was ready to just cheer on that little bottom and his diving. And we were so here for it. That must have been like the fucking Super Bowl for you guys. I'm saying, like, minus Beyonce performing in the Super Bowl, this was like right up there. You know, Tom Daly diving – it's like right. And then like RuPaul's drag race maybe used to be up there, but now it's kind of like down here. But you know, like those are the things that you go to the gay bar to watch. And it was like, it was totally by accident too. Cause I was just walking around all day and I was like, ooh, I'm chubby. I'm tired. I need to go sit down. So we found like a bar that was kind of off the strip and it was super cute. And I just sat there and like posted up and like watched the Olympics for like six hours, but also like met people at a time and got really drunk. So I don't remember a whole lot of it, but. Oh, Tom Daly. God bless him. God bless him and his little knitting too. He's so fucking cute. I hope he's a good dad. I'm sure he is. Anyway, we don't need to get into that. I mean, I assume he's a good dad, right? He seems like a good father.
2: Let's just until he proves otherwise. He's probably
0: right. until his kid is like 14 and is a fucking asshole. We're like. Mm this is probably tom's fault
2: but even then you you you'll like go back and forth and be like ah it's probably not tom's
0: fault you know it's just this kid grew up in the spotlight like Like, you know know, you can't help it yeah (laughs) oh famous children man never again so let's go into metal count and then we'll take a break and then we can really dive into the opening ceremony or the closing ceremony but i want to so to refresh everyone's memory from last week i wrote this down because i knew we'd be talking about it so chris is Yes, because I was absolutely never going to remember. So, your overall prediction, so your rank by total was the US, the ROC, and China. Hmm. And it ended up being the US, China, and the ROC. So, you really just flip flop China and ROC. And then your gold count was US, Japan, and China. And again, your lack of faith in China, apparently. Is, was flip-flops because Japan was number three and China was number two. So Chris's predictions were pretty on par with how they ended up being. I, on the other hand, didn't want the U.S. to win. <laughs> Very anti-patriot, apparently. And so my overall was Japan, U.S., Australia. So Japan ended up being number five overall, and Australia ended up being number six. And the U.S. ended up being number one, so I was way off. And then my goals were Japan, US, and China, which technically US, China was the right order, just the wrong number. And Japan was definitely not number one. When, when we went over
2: those predictions, went through those predictions last week, I sent that episode around to the entire United States delegation. And I think that they like, it really motivated them yeah, to lit a fire into number one. Ass.
0: Yes. So you sent that to the US de- delegation and I'm sure that absolutely lit a fire under their asses to, to make sure that we, I mean, it really had to, there was I mean, no way. We didn't, we didn't overtake the
2: gold count until the very last day right
0: when we're only by one right china is 38 and we're 39 so we only have the gold count by one but we did fucking kill it in overall i mean 113 to 88 jesus yeah that's That's a pretty big difference that's track and field for you you know that's real because i mean i don't think china didn't really do a lot in track and field right like the last week i think is less track and field for them and more like everything kind of else right any other sort of other because there's yeah. those weird like canoeing things and there's all these other sports that mm-hmm. we don't really see well that we can see but that i, I don't really pay attention to yeah uh, like
2: they're big they're big in weightlifting. yes what else diving diving they they went well, yeah, like, which like, and there was eight. a whole
0: nother diving round this past week obviously i told you to watch the finals but i will i would like to say like a great britain didn't got number four in both counts so fuck you good job the anti-colonizer attitude was real. We're here for it. <laughs> Look, I mean, we have no? to, right? Is that you know, They have to. But I also think it was really cool. This is the most medals Japan has ever won, I think. I want to say I heard that somewhere. Someone. That's you know, right. Take it they... with a grain of salt, but like. I didn't research it, but I'm 95 percent sure this is the most medals they've ever won, which I think is pretty cool as the host country. Because even like in Rio, Brazil was nowhere near the top. You know what I mean? Like poor Brazil, God bless them. But
2: I think Tokyo. I think Japan always sticks around in these sorts of like
0: competitions. So I know, but I don't think they're usually. I mean, I would say they're top ten, right? But I don't think they're ever really like top three or four usually. Mm-hmm. I think this was definitely the first Olympics where they... Because they also won baseball, right? Didn't they win the baseball? Did they they did, win baseball? yeah. Yeah, they got the gold in baseball. Like, they did some pretty cool shit this Olympics. So I'm I'm very here for the host country doing well. And it'll be interesting. I mean, France was number eight this time around. So they have three years to get their shit together mm-hmm. to really beef that up and to be the top three for the, the host country. It's, it's tough. Like, I think for, I, I think
2: Japan the last time Japan was this high in the medal count was the last time that they were the host nation. So in 64, Jesus Christ. Like, yeah. They, they're, they, when they're in front of their people, they, they bring it. So. They really do.
0: God bless them. And you know, so this will kind of segue into the closing ceremony, but let's take a quick break because I'm sure that like at this point now we're running way over time. Huh. So let's take a little break and then we'll come back and talk the closing ceremony and then final thoughts. Cool. <coughs> And we're back. Okay, so let's close this out with the closing ceremony. And I, I wanna kind of tie into what you just said right before the break was in front of their people, they really bring it. Mm. And I think that th- that kind of really ties into like, the first, like, I don't know, I guess act or presentation in the closing ceremony of like trying to give the Olympic athletes an idea of what it was like to be in Japan with the like ska and like the dancing. And the, it was, it was interesting. It was a very interesting choice. I don't know. What were your thoughts on that? I was very like, I'm I'm not going to lie. I fast forwarded through most of that. I was like, okay, this is cool. But like, I don't need to watch an hours long this. You know what I mean? Like this Scott lasted for like a half hour. I think if I it
2: it was was was, very long, I think the first thing that we should shout out is Johnny Weir's hair.
0: Also, that was a statement. (laughs) I want to shout out to the fact that I think we materialized. Tara i hope lipinski, we did johnny weir i hope because we, did. we have done nothing but say where are johnny weir and tara <laughs> lipinski like that is literally every podcast we've had we have mentioned how they just need to commentate on anything and then all of a sudden boop, closing ceremony and you know know it, it ties into that the fact that they'll be the main commentators for the winter olympics i understand like production wise but in my head i'm like we witched the shit out of that and we just summoned them to the olympics <laughs> it's like with this
2: power we need to like be very very like considerate about the things that we say in case (laughs) the powers that be decide to pick up on it you know exactly (laughs) but yes his
0: hair was looking all sorts of what the fuck like i you know but i love him i love every part of him he is just i don't give a fuck like i'm here i'm johnny weir i'm super queer get used to it and he had that fucking diamond encrusted five ring olympic like thing in the side of his head with this like quaffed like mohawk i mean it was for him it was extra, even for him. Like, right? That's, like, oof, nice. Right? And then he had this, like, sh- not sheer, but, like, what's that other? I don't know. I don't know the other fabric that's, like, <clears throat> gold and shiny. And and then there's just Tara Lipinski. <laughs> she was, like, Hey he's like, I have to
2: be the anchor of the two of us. Like, I have to bring us down to reality. Like, this man is fucking insane.
0: Right. And he's out here just making wild ass comments. So I need to mm-hmm. be like, this is the part where the tree represents blah, 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 blah. And I was like, shut mm-hmm. up, Tara Levinsky. Nobody cares. I mean,
2: she, 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 she stays in her lane. Like she's, she's, she's there to reel shit
0: back in and it worked out. It does. I'm obsessed with them. I think they should just commentate on everything and then add like Leslie Jones to that. And I think we've got a fucking perfect trifecta because Ah. not, not for nothing. I sent you a million videos. Leslie Jones comment, commenting on the Olympics while she's like on TikTok is probably my new kink. I'm really obsessed with it. I thought it was the funniest fucking shit I've ever seen in my entire life. I'm so sad that this is
2: the first time we're mentioning it this entire game. I completely right? forgot about it. And then right? I went back and watched them. And it's
0: like, yeah, this is this is how I feel watching this shit. <laughs> uh, she's just got she's her external monologue is usually my internal monologue. And I'm just like, yes, absolutely. Because she did something. Okay, this is just bring it back a little bit to a comment on like something that happened. Synchronized swimming. Mm. What the fuck? Yeah. Like, still <laughs> like I, I think that what the fuck is a very just encapsulates everything but she's out here commenting on synchronized swimming and how they're like upside down and their legs and they're like and she's like how are they breathing like i was like that's a real question that i have currently like can someone please answer this question like it is so crazy and synchronized swimming is a whole fucking thing the way I, they from the minute they walk in right they like right just like fucking shoulder shoulder, shoulder it's get, sassy oh, as fuck, fuck. Oh, my God. I feel like they're walking into a store and going to bitch slap someone behind the cashier. You know what I mean? Just like, they're fucking, what did you say to me? It's just
2: just six Karens just like (laughs) marching into the pool.
0: (laughs) You're like terrified. And you're like, what the fuck is happening right now? (laughs) Everybody duck. Everybody hide. (laughs) So I think that she, we could just add her. I'm going to talk to NBC. I'm going to figure out how to talk to NBC. And I'm going to be like, listen, for the Winter Olympics, just get Leslie Jones up in there with Johnny Weir and Terry Olympics. Because... I think that if we have like Tara Lipinski bringing everybody down to reality, Mm -hmm. Johnny Weird is out here saying some mad, crazy shit. And Leslie Jones just being like, what the fuck is this? Is like a perfect tornado of hilarity.
2: I mean, there's a definite opening for this, right? So like, did you see any of the Snoop and Kevin Hart stuff?
0: Yes, Um, a little bit. I mean, although I still don't really support Kevin Hart, but yes, I did. Well, right. But I mean, (laughs) I don't think you're supposed to, but. Right. Um,
2: (laughs) The... I, I saw so, all Dog. that.
0: I honestly like want to be best friends with Snoop Dogg. I think he's like a really fun person.
2: All that to say like there there's like a there's an appetite for bizarre shit on yes. like the NBC side apparently. Yeah. So if if I all right, so let's just Let's just keep saying it throughout the end of the
0: throughout the end of this episode, and maybe yes. it'll happen in like a year, uh, two years. Absolutely. Well, and and if we can just comment on bizarre, bizarre shit in the Winter Olympics, maybe then two years from that, we're like uh, up here podcasting in Paris. Like, hey, everybody, we're gonna manifest the shit out of this, Chris. Clearly, well, we have powers that are just here for, here to stay.
2: I'm gonna tell Johnny Weird to his face how ridiculous his hair is. It's gonna be great.
0: And I am just gonna videotape the entire thing and be like, mm, keep talking. Oh my God! What a fucking Olympics! Okay, so the closing ceremony was. Right. It, so let's talk about that Reddit article first, because I oh, think that yeah. once we have the background, it'll be oh easy, it'll yeah. be it'll be easier to both like hate on the ceremonies, but also through the lens of like, okay, there was a lot of fucked up shit happening in the background, and that's why there were the kind of the worst. I I don't even want to say they were the worst opening and closing because. In in Katie's defense too, I also rarely, I usually watch the closing because like well okay you know what I'm in a lot of different places. Let's just, <laughs> my mind is so scattered. Let's talk about this Reddit article just, and all just the feel
2: so passionately about this closing I, ceremony i, I, I have just, so many thoughts currently just like
0: bouncing in my head i'm just, like process it process it process i'm my trying head.
2: my hardest to be the tara lipinski to your johnny weir and i'm just failing miserably right now
0: <laughs> reel me in reel me in uh, so let's <laughs> talk about this reddit article so you sent me this reddit article and essentially right. if we can nutshell it basically there was like because also it made a comment in here that i was like oh yeah why the fuck didn't these like characters pop up but mm-hmm. In essence, there was a lot of drama behind the scenes. So, yeah. there was this guy called Maury, who's the ex prime minister, and there was like there was a hubbub before the Olympics around this guy about how
2: if he said some he said something about like how uh, women shouldn't speak or the, how women speaking in meetings is a problem, and got booted for that. Yeah. But it was unclear as to like who he was referring to in well, right. all of this. But then a bunch of documents came out over the last like week where it was about
0: the. First creative director of the mm-hmm. opening and closing mm-hmm. ceremonies. So, mm-hmm. and and then they joined. So, there's that this ex prime minister who's like, you know, enemy number one. And then enemy number two is kind of this like advertisement company called Dentsu, Dentsu. Yeah. Who is apparently famous for their toxic workplace and just terrible people. And they were supposed to keep like assigning someone to create a storyline for the opening and closing ceremonies. And throughout the process like people kept either getting fired or quit or whatever so there wasn't like a, a, a consistent person to have to write out the storyline and we kind of got into a place where actors quit performers were quitting like it everyone was like I don't want to fucking be associated with this anymore because it seems like a shit show right and you had really famous things from Tokyo or Japan as a whole like super mario hello kitty like pokemon like none of those were a part of any of the ceremony which i now that i was reading this article i was like yeah Mm -hmm. those are like i mean if you're going to on an international stage present your company you're going to present the things that are internationally famous right like pokemon is huge hello kitty is ginormous super mario is ginormous like it's weird that like none of those characters showed up anywhere If in you if you listened closely during the
2: opening ceremony in the parade of nations, the music they did have musical hits from those properties. Like there was, you could hear Pokemon themes at one point. You could hear Mario and all, all of this other Nintendo stuff. So they did um, the
0: bare minimum, the
2: absolute <laughs> bare minimum. It's <laughs> like we they probably had, that was probably like the easiest part of all of these ceremonies, is like <laughs> figuring out the music for the parade of nations, and so that's where that's where you know as as it would you know result in like the easiest part was the stuff where they you would actually like ex- see the things that you expected to see which is right. hearing all this music but yeah right. to, to your point like there's there's just no representation from like the i guess from like any japanese culture post 1960 yeah.
0: you know right like everything felt very like traditional which is great you also want the mm-hmm. traditional right like i mean yeah. it'd, it'd be real interesting what they do for la in 2028 like let's go back to tradition. No, let's not let's yeah. like literally nothing before 20. Absolutely not. Yep. Absolutely, like, I don't want to see it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to even look at it, but it, you know, so you saw you had all the, the Japanese traditional stuff, but yes, you rarely saw the modern. And like, I think ska was like a little bit like, Hey, look at this is the modern part, but then they dragged it out for 30 fucking minutes yep. and you're like, okay, well that's, I feel like this is done now. Thank you. Like, you know, I don't yep. know what's happening. And also if you're going to give the athletes, like, I don't know a sense of like because the the point for those who didn't watch it was they wanted to give the athletes a sense of what it's like to be in Japan because they didn't get to walk around Japan a lot after they were done competing and stuff like that and I'm like why don't you then set up like a a fake cat cafe right and stuff like that where it's like that like not for nothing like that's if I'm in Japan and I'm gonna go and want like cherry blossoms like I want to see like the the stuff that Japan is known for versus just like hundred people dancing in different outfits. Right. to the ska. It felt very disconnected and disjointed, and I was not here for it. Oh, yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean, and I agree hundred percent. Right? And I think the other thing to really comment on in this Reddit article was that there was uh, over a hundred million dollars were given by the Japanese government to do the opening. Okay, yeah, to do just the opening ceremony, right? That's what this is saying. Mm. And compared to London's forty million dollars, so. London in, in 2012 did an opening ceremony that was like $40 million. And I think there was something around that too where people were like, oh my God, like $40 million on opening ceremony. That's so crazy. Japan more than doubled that for what? Because at least with London, we got the Spice Girls. We got the Rolling Stones maybe. I don't remember. I, it was a long time ago. Like it was 12 years ago, 10 years ago. And we got a lot of really cool shit in both the opening and closing ceremonies Mm -hmm. for London. And I just didn't get that from Tokyo. You know, I just really, really did not get that. So just to kind of set the stage for everyone before we really bash this closing ceremony, that is kind of what happened (laughs) in essence in this closing ceremony or the, the drama behind it. Oh,
2: we should include this. Well, we should include this Reddit thread as part of the episode, too, if we're Absolutely. sending links to everybody. Because, like, this is really mm-hmm. interesting stuff that we're just kind of, like, kind of glossing over right now, but it's, like, a lot of fucking, like, behind-the-scenes intrigue. Um, yeah, That, that kind there. of, it, it would explain why it looked like they didn't spend as much money as, like, they actually spent on this. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Like, for, under-resourced timing and uh, money-wise. But, like, even even with all of these like headwinds, it's like they, they still did the pictogram thing in the opening ceremony, which was actually like which you know, super high, fucking high, cool. high, high <clears throat> Yeah.
0: So it's not all for nothing, but. Right. I mean, there yeah. were definitely moments that I was like, okay, I'm here for this. And I, I'm more so in the opening ceremony than closing ceremony. I'm going to be right. really honest. I watched the closing ceremony in about 45 minutes. It is three hours long. I fast forwarded through a lot. I mean, the Parade of Nations, like we said, when we talked about the opening ceremony, especially now, it's been two weeks of the Olympics. I don't care. Congratulations, athletes. I don't need to see what countries were part of this again. Like, fast forward, fast forward, fast forward. Also, not for nothing, most of the athletes weren't even there. Yeah, they're they're, like certain right, Exactly. So, and and a lot of the French ones were in Paris to like do that live Paris thing. So I think that's one of the highlights for me in the closing ceremony is the like lead up to the Paris part of it. But yeah. what, what was your kind of favorite part? Or let's go least favorite first. Let's start with shitty and then we'll go to, to better. So what was your least favorite part of the closing ceremony? Least favorite.
2: I mean, <laughs> this feels like such an easy one, but the speeches are never fun. And the speeches at the close were, did, you know, did not exceed our expectations of them being shitty. So that's just how it is. But I feel that that's like such an easy
0: answer. And like, that's just kind of how it is these things. But also Thomas Bach, is a piece of shit so right right we hate him right hate is a strong word we severely dislike that man and if i ever saw him on the street i would german coach slap him oh boy i i don't know we, we just hard. lost we, we just, just lost, lost all of our horse listenership listen <laughs> listen come listen. on Come on. <laughs> those those three people i i don't know why me slapping thomas Bach is gonna lose your listenership but i'm okay with it <laughs> this is This is not this is not how you build listenership, Mitchell. No. Okay, well, I need to figure
1: that
2: out, I guess. No, I don't know. I think I I don't know if there's like any beyond that, there wasn't like any one point where it was like, oh man, this is terrible. It was just like a very it felt
0: just very blah just in general. It really did, because you had like the ska, which was fine, and then it was like, okay, now I'm over this. And then you had that like tree dance, which also was like Mm -hmm. fine, and then I was over it. And then it had It had that like weird, which I fully honestly didn't watch any of it because this part, because I was like, I have to go, but that like felt like musical theater, but I don't really know what was happening there that like with the children also. Right. I don't know. Yeah, Yeah. I don't because none of it was translated. So there was a production team put some caption Like, again, I don't need them to sing in English. I just need to be able to read in English. Right. Like Mm -hmm. put some fucking captions on your shit. I don't understand how the production team is like, yeah, we're just gonna let them sing in Japanese for a whole 40 minutes or 20 minutes and enjoy i'm gonna skip it because i have no idea what's happening i don't know the storyline like even when you go to an opera that's in a different language there's always a translation so to the top. like yeah. i do not understand how how this was not part of that but whatever i again clearly i don't work in production so what the fuck do i know so th- those parts were fine the drums were really cool i mean huge drums Loved that but i think mm-hmm. you know the best part for me and i think maybe for you also was the hype for Paris, like all oh, yeah. of a sudden we get to the Paris part and that video was just, I mean, for me, I'll talk for me specifically. And then, you know, you can comment on it. I got very nostalgic. I lived in Paris for a whole year. I haven't been back in 13 years. Like I haven't been, I'm going to go back before the Olympics start, but I haven't been back in forever. And, you know, it was just like, it was just surreal to just like see, I used to live by the Apple tower. So when they were doing that whole ceremony, where it was just showing the Eiffel Tower and everything. And like, I lived right, literally, it was, here's my, my street, my house is on. And then here's the Eiffel Tower. I mean, it was just like, it was that close every day I used to walk to school. and am like, I'm not going to look today. I'm not going to look. And they be like, Oh my God, I looked. like how crazy. <laughs> it's so cool. Look at where I live again, but very privileged. I understand, you know, that, that was a lot of privilege, but it was, Paris has a very special place in my heart. And so not only was I hyped because I it's a city that I know, but, that video was amazing. And clearly they have a focus kind of on breakdancing, which there was a huge part in the video about breakdancing, which we talked about in the first podcast. And then BMX had a huge portion of it, right? There was that BMX rider who kind of rode all over the top of all the buildings, right? You had the Mm -hmm. the Grand Palais, like L'Opera, like, you know, like all over, like paris which was beautiful and then you had skateboarding i saw skateboarding in the video so clearly it looks like they're going to keep it which i think is going to be interesting you know because we had kind of talked about whether or not that was going to be a thing and then that guy playing the fucking notes from space oh yeah space Just the fucking guy. cherry huh. right the space sex like so good what? that was pretty fucking cool that was pretty cool it, like, was, it was a pretty cool video. I loved it. I was very here for it. Yeah. Like, as someone who does not have nostalgia for Paris, I was,
2: like, really hyped for Paris after that video. Like, it it, it apparently satisfied everybody. Maybe, I don't I, I don't want to be cynical about it, but it did, like, contrast it against the live closing ceremony. It's just such a breath of fresh air and, like, actual, like, ridiculous production value and right. uh, energy compared to the rest of it. I don't know if that made it pop more or it made the ceremony pop
0: less, but it just really stuck out as something that's gonna be really cool. Um, yeah, and, and they had that whole crowd there. That was the mm-hmm. live portion in yep. Paris, right? Where the they were waiting for the jets to fly by and they were showing kind of so this is what I'm gonna be interested to see for this next Olympics is where the stadiums are going to be, right? Because then mm-hmm. a lot of the like photos they were showing the Eiffel Tower in the background of like the tennis courts on the track. And I'm like clearly not everything's happening right in front of the Eiffel Tower. Like that's right not how, that's not how architecture works right? right which was cool but i will be it'll be curious i'll be curious to see where everything takes place i mean we already know like we talked about surfing is going to be in tunisia so it's not even gonna be tahiti. in paris tahiti that's what i said what'd you say i, I think i might have said tunisia i'm sorry no you definitely <laughs> said tahiti and i misheard tunisia and that's what was just stuck in my head so here we are where my, is Tahiti? my understanding is that i,
2: I did like a as part of like that best and worst, yeah, uh, article or something, or it might have been like a things we're looking forward to. Apparently, that Tahitian like spot they're going to is like the most or one of the most treacherous like wave spots in the world. I, so kill these that's going to be so good, especially now that everybody's like hyped about the fact that they served in a fucking typhoon this time
0: (laughs) and maybe what we'll try to do i mean this is obviously three years away but maybe next time what we'll try to do is just do like a daily podcast it's only like 30 minutes right your your daily 30 minute brief from yesterday's sporting events so that way we can not have a 15 hour long (laughs)
1: podcast.
2: i don't know what you're talking about like uh three hour podcast
0: like a half a week after the thing is closed i think this is what people want to hear this is what the people are asking for So yeah, I think that was the best part of the closing ceremony. I'll be honest, I didn't listen to Thomas Bach's speech because he fully enraged me for the opening ceremony. So I was like, I don't need to get pissed off for the closing ceremony. Like That's not what needs to happen. I will say there was this moment where they were doing the traditional Japanese dancing and I thought like, and the commentators were like, yeah, this is something where everyone who lives in Japan, like knows this dance. And so they like hand to the Japanese athletes who were like dancing along with it. And then they pan to the Canadians, which were basically just like these white Karens who were like trying to dance along with it. You guys can let me know. Let me know what you think. It felt disrespectful to me. I was like, that feels semi disrespectful. You know, like, look at mom, look what I can do. But like, I don't know this. So I'm just like moving my arms and like, but I just like, just sit down Canada. Like you don't need to dance along with this. That's, this is not your lane. Like this is doesn't need to be what's happening right now. Like I don't fucking get it. (laughs) I'm sure
2: that the Canadian delegation did yeah, do it maliciously. They just did it badly. That's and
0: that's fine, you know. I agree. I agree, but I think that there's also like there's an appropriate time and or place to to try these things you know wait hold
2: on when is the appropriate time to start when- trying japanese cultural dance well and
0: here's it- the thing okay so let me not try it there's an appropriate time or place to <laughs> to attempt that dance right after you've tried to learn it respectfully it just felt very to me it felt disrespectful because i'm like these white people out here they don't know shit about shit and they're just mm-hmm. trying to like mimic these and also i guess in part of it it was like in watching them do this we're not watching the trained professionals who are like on the stage doing it so it felt like it was a little bit taking away from it but again yeah i could also just be hypersensitive and like as a white person but i'm like fuck white people (laughs) you know i'm always like ready to say it's their fucking fault no i mean
2: you make sense i'm just more curious just like what sort of cultural appropriation you're doing in your like private life that you're not showing anybody and I, i'm just Nothing. so there curious is no
0: cultural <laughs> listen we don't need to be putting this out there that, that whole no? part listen, no? but... <laughs> are you editing all of that oh this is yes, outrageous it's all gone it's all gone Man. no i and i really as soon as i said it i was like yeah that sounds a little bit more cultural appropriation like white people saying the n-word in private like that's not where i'm going with this i want everyone to be very clear <laughs> that is I, not where that was going
2: <laughs> i know i know I just, I, just, up. I just want to know the dances that you know you
0: know that's that's Listen, kind of what I want I know. do attempt TikTok dances uh, in my own time but they go. are always terrible I'm like that's what it felt like it felt like a mom who's like trying to do a TikTok dance for the oh, first yeah. time and you're like absolutely for what reason are you here participating in any of this like stay in your lane sweetheart yep. go do the go do the twist you'll be fine yep. I don't go 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 throw some egg beaters down. here we go, (laughs) do the macarena or something. I don't know. Like that's an easy white person dance.
2: Okay, I can't can't wait for them to do the macarena in Los Angeles. Like oh man, man. it's gonna happen.
0: So I'm very curious. So what do you think? So uh, let's skip Paris because I don't. Being someone who lived there, it's been 13 years, so I can't imagine the kind of like opening closing stuff they're gonna do. But Mm -hmm. as like a little fun segue before we do our last call here. What do you think, what are, some, what are some opening ceremony things that you think will happen in LA and some closing ceremony things that will happen in LA? And you can take a minute to think about
2: it. I think that there's going to be a lot of focus on cinema. I cinema agree. and TV, you know? <laughs> I agree with that. Like, they're going to lean hard into that because that's yeah. kind of an easy thing to lean into. And it's yeah. cool for everybody to see.
0: It um, really is. Like the- and it's a way to kind of really integrate intri- integrate I'm a little buzzed, Integrate all the other countries, right? Because right. like, I mean, we are not the only country that does cinema and TV. Mm-hmm. Like that would be. I think that that would be super cool. I, I worry that it might turn into like,
2: like the equivalent of a of an award show monologue, you know? Because right. like right. there there's a very fine line in mm-hmm. like, um, talking highly about mm-hmm. our cinematic history and, you know, being the Oscars in 2024 and like just like
0: completely flubbing it because you're like so out of touch like right it's it's gonna be close it's gonna be a close one it definitely is gonna be a close one I also think it will be interesting to see who we get to perform right because Mm. again like I mean as as America we (laughs) although we are bottom of the rung in most of the important categories when it comes to like celebrities we have probably the most international celebrities of any country so I think it will be very interesting to see like who's doing the national anthem, who is performing. Like, are we going to get like NSYNC and Backstreet Boys to like come back together? You know, like, are we going to be nostalgic about shit? You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. like the last time the Olympics were held in the U.S. for the summer part was in the 90s. So mm-hmm. are we going to get super nostalgic and like do a little throwback to like 1998 or whatever? or Yeah. Or 96 or whatever, whatever one it was. And really just be like, look at where they are 40 years later. 30 years You
2: later. know, as fun as that would be, there's, I, I think that there's like close to a... I'll give that a 5% chance of happening.
0: Right, like I would 100%. fucking... I would eat that shit up. That's but, what I'm saying, though. Hey, i'm putting this since i'm sensing our witchy powers and i'm just trying to put some shit out there but also not for nothing i would love it if like beyonce cardi b and lizzo are like doing the mm-hmm. national anthem mm-hmm. and like a whitney tribute oh oh my god oh, that would be, be nice. a whitney tribute because i'm gonna cry that would be the best day of my life um if,
2: if i see joey fatone in the opening ceremony in los angeles i am going to go ape shit curse you specifically like what is what is going on
0: <laughs> I think it would be so cool I don't know I think they would, it's going to be very interesting because I also again kind of going to my point a little bit earlier will we'll, if they're going to talk about anything about like American tradition and like mm-hmm. the history of America I would love to know how whitewashed it is right I would love because yeah. in my oh, head it's going to be it, absolutely well I'm hoping in eight years I mean it is 2021 not eight years in seven years hopefully in seven years we have moved forward enough to make something that's kind of poetic and comments on the racial struggle, the sexual identity struggle, the non-binary, the gender identity struggle, like Mm -hmm. in my mind. And hopefully again, I am pitching myself for this production team. So listen, I don't mind being the head creator for the LA Olympics for 2028. I honestly would take that as like a, you're welcome. Shoot your Um, shot. (laughs) I'll shoot it every fucking day. It's what I did all last weekend. And let me tell you, most of the time it turned out. And when it doesn't, you just keep moving because who gives a fuck? Sounds very sore. I'm, I'm getting sore just thinking about that. <laughs> but I think, I think that would be cool. I think, you mm-hmm. know, if we're going to talk about American history, I would love for us to do it in a lens that truly talks about American history and the shit that we have fucked up on right like I I don't think I don't think there's any way for us to go through American history especially the history since the Olympics because even from the like what it would be almost 130 years since the first Olympics to LA Olympics like Mm -hmm. there's so much that has happened in 130 years here in America and there's so much that's still happening that I think it would be it would be a miss for the the creative team for LA to not touch on them in very appropriate ways that aren't very like, you know, systemic racist, like, you know, I don't know, aren't very whitewashed. I would just yep. appreciate that, but we'll see, you know, we'll see. I'm putting it out there. I'm hoping these witchy powers keep working and we'll manifest a shit out of that, but we'll see.
2: Yeah. I think of the spots that could or would do that, LA has got to be kind of up there on the list of American cities right? that would like, you know, actually represent that appropriately.
0: Right. Cause like, I think it's like, you've got like LA or New York, maybe. Mm-hmm. and then Chicago's kind of in the mix there I'm not gonna lie like I will say one comment I've been to Chicago a bunch since moving home and the gay the like neighborhood there is is so different from any other sort of like gay neighborhood I've been in in any other city because it is so compact I mean apparently mm-hmm. there's a couple of neighborhoods, but there's like one main one and even in New York like the main gayborhood doesn't feel like it feels like a community like when you go to Boys Town in Chicago it feels like yes like i am celebrated for being lgbtqia like here, excuse me here i am F- this everyone in this neighborhood knows that i am like it is really exciting and i don't feel like that in other in other parts of the country sometimes when you go to bigger cities but I'm, those would be the three cities that i could see like making comments like that right so if, if yeah. there was so hopefully la you know nut up, nuts up and fucking does it because like you have seven years so get shit together fingers crossed and yeah let's hope because i because we will have comments in seven years We're, our podcast will be seven years strong by that point we will have some motherfucking comments
2: we gotta we gotta do something to offset the thomas bach right
0: of the world so that's real talk okay so let's do final calls So last call for alcohol on the Olympics as a whole. I mean, so this is, Mm -hmm. this is not only a last call kind of on this last week and the closing Mm -hmm. ceremony, this is really like, this is the end all be all for these Olympics. So what is, what is kind of your last call that you want to just make a point, make a comment about the Olympics, either this last week, closing ceremony or as a whole? Uh, Yeah, I think
2: everybody who was like conscious of it came into this whole thing with like an underlying sense of dread about Mm -hmm. the whole like situation and like Mm -hmm. the context of the olympics and like is this appropriate or not for me i've been pleasantly surprised at how well it went you know all things considered right like i don't i'm sure that this is going to come back to bite me in the ass like three weeks from now, and like the, the actual like fallout realized Death COVID, right? exactly. <laughs> but at least right now, it seems like everything went okay, and like I I had a good
0: time, and I'm glad that I I I guess I'm glad that they happened, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I'm glad they happened. I know again, like we said with Katie earlier, like it is not that we are dumb to what's going on. We know that COVID's happening. We know that this was definitely something that the Japanese people didn't want, mm-hmm. and it has caused increasing covid cases and stuff like that but i'm glad they happened i kind of needed it from my soul in a little bit so i feel you there yeah i uh, i'm like i'm feeling pretty decent about it
2: and i'm feeling pretty sad that they're over which luckily
0: we've got six months
2: (laughs) until until we put on our finest curling regalia and listen
0: commentate the shit out of that it's gonna be amazing i cannot wait for us to just we're gonna have to zoom watch it together so we can just take Be like, oh my god did you see that (laughs)
2: you're you're hearing it here first we've announced the live rosé and review curling watch along for the u.s (laughs) men's national team in six months here we go cannot wait
0: i cannot wait it's gonna be it's gonna be phenomenal i'm very very excited
2: What Um, What, what are you
0: what's on your mind I think, you know, a, a little bit like what I said earlier, I think my biggest last call for this entire Olympics is, as I wish, and I might get emotional because I'm like, you know, I'm so tired and it's been a long couple of weeks, but I wish that it was, it. we come together as a world to celebrate and to have these and to compete and to have fun. And it feels like for two weeks that, it, for the most part, if you can ignore like the negative media, which can be hard, but if you can just really focus on kind of the, the absolute athleticism and like the the two long jumpers right who won the gold long jump or high jump high jump high jumpers who won the gold together and together like took the gold medal and it's in those moments where i really see the unity that i wish that the olympics kind of brought more of and i think my last call would be i wish that you know, because the sense is that the Olympics is a time for us to come together as the world, right? And kind of throw down those walls of racism and sexism and homophobia and whatever other ism you can have. And it just really celebrate these athletes in their moment. And I know that that in in a lot of ways that is a facade, right? Like Katie said, sometimes, the, most of the times there is like this nationalism that comes with like, yeah, you were say we're winning the most medals and all that kind of stuff but in my heart of hearts and my most like romantic self, I wish that this w- was the real world. And my last call is like, in, in, if anybody takes anything away from anything and listening to this podcast is that my hope for the world is just that eventually this is what the world is. And we are just all loving each other and supporting each other and being here for each other, no matter where you come from, no matter what your background is, no matter what race, sexual identity, gender, or, you know, gender identity you have, you are just here, you're a human. And I, that's my last call is I just, I want to, we're all, at the end of the day, we're all humans. We all are born and we all die. Like that, if you're going to brass motherfucking tax this, that is it. You know, what we do while we're here says a lot about us. And if you're someone here who is just here to spread hate, get the fuck out of here. But for everybody else, you know, I'm just, I'm here to, to support these people and uplift them And really just, I don't know, bring as much peace to the world as possible. And I hope that we can kind of, that can be the world that us millennials can create at some point. So that's my last call. It's beautiful stuff. (laughs) Unless... (laughs) Unless the
2: thing that you hate is Thomas Bach, in which case we support you 100%. Yeah, right. I do hate that
0: motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> he's so annoying. Like, and you know, what's even more annoying is in the fact that like in an apocalypse, we probably do need him because I'm sure probably. he's still out here sword fighting like a motherfucker. So, oh, like, yeah, God damn it. Like, let me tell you, you are not in the ranks at any place except for us to put you out there to sword fight with people. That's the only thing you're here for, Thomas. I want you to be very clear on this point. (laughs) But I'm also so happy that we got to do this together. Like, what a fun fun time. This has been so great. This is obviously going to come out sometime next week, so (laughs) it's going to be like a full week and a half.
2: Not a a day late on this one. Here we go.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right? Like, we're recording this on a Thursday. I got shit to do from work, and then it's going to be the weekend, so it come out sometime early next week,
2: but this is this has been fun. Like this is a, this is a fun way to like very intentionally watch this stuff, and I right? I, I, I could not have asked for a better. MC and co-host this has been a lovely time
0: i've had and it's great because we get a drink and talk about yeah. sports that we will never compete in <laughs> absolutely never i'm not gonna ride a horse that i
2: met 20 minutes ago that's no, bullshit.
0: <laughs> never i barely ride a horse now i think the last time i rode a horse i was like 23 like no i'm not i'm not doing this i'm so happy to have you this was so great and for those of you listening tune in we've got a bunch more episodes in the pipeline I recorded a bunch of shit at the beginning of the year that never got posted. So that hopper is full. Posted, we got a lot happening. It's going to be great. So we got a lot of good stuff to work, look forward to, and definitely going to have Chris on here again. So this was a lot of fun, and we'll be bringing you back. So thank you so much, Rudy. Thank you, Mitchell. Brad. We'll t- yeah, we'll we'll talk to you soon, crowd, and uh, thanks for tuning in. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode uh, from the Rosé Empire. We hope you liked it and you enjoyed the content. Uh, As always, you know, I am listening for your feedback. Would love to hear from you. If you are not following me on social media, you definitely should be. I am um, Rosé in Review on Facebook. I am Weaver underscore Beaver underscore TV on Instagram and I'm Rose and Review on Twitter because you know I picked a name with an accent in it and that doesn't exactly translate to a Twitter handle handle profile. Also if you want to get involved in the podcast if you want to be a guest on the podcast there is a link in all of my social media profiles um, for you to fill out a form and we will get to back to you on availability and if we are able to, if we haven't already recorded maybe, you know, said episode about said TV show. Uh, if you'd like to be a sponsor, there's also a sponsor form on my link tree as well. You know, I am willing to give shout outs to all small businesses, um, queer owned businesses, black owned businesses, especially And, um, you know, anybody that, that sells liquor, you know, I am, I would love to take some of that liquor and drink it on my episode and talk all about you, um, and your liquor store. So that can also happen. Uh, some other things I am, I have a Patreon account and you know, it's, it's soft launch right now. So it's really just talking about it here on my episodes. But if you're interested in, you know, getting to know, you know, more content, um, you know, there's different levels. So, different levels of subscription get different things but if you want to check out my patreon account that is also in my link tree on my social media account so i definitely recommend checking that out because the more patreons i get the more i can make this a full-time job which is really what i want to do and i really want to you know be bringing you all this content that i think is a lot of fun and i think we can have a lot more fun with it if i make this my full-time job versus my side hustle so thank you again so much for tuning in we, uh, you know, I say we, it's me I'm, I'm it's really just me doing this right now, but I really appreciate all um, everyone who listens and I will, uh, talk to you next week. All right. Have a great one.